Welcome to Series 2 of the Elves of the Visitor Economy podcast. Thank you for being here. If you work in tourism, hospitality, culture, events and everything in between, then you're so in the right place. My name is Kelly Ballard and I'm a specialist in marketing in the visitor economy, where I spent most of my working life. It's been amazing and I've met so many wonderful people. Every fortnight on the podcast, I chat with inspiring people with a story to tell. Some I know and others I've admired. Like me, and possibly you, they are working tirelessly behind the scenes in an industry that brings people together, creates happy days and hopefully long-lasting memories. I truly hope our conversations provide you with some thought-provoking insights, inspiration and tips to help you in what you do, or simply to plan your next trip or meal out. So here's today's episode. Hello, it's so good to be back. I just can't wait to meet the guests I've got lined up and to share their fabulous stories with you. But I'm starting today with someone who is relatively new to the visitor economy, you could say, but he joined with a bang by building a £25 million visitor experience that is the first of its kind. Yes, in today's episode, I am talking to the lovely, humble and amazingly passionate Nick Hounsfield, founder and chief visionary officer of The Wave, the first inland surfing destination near Cribs Causeway, Bristol. Nick took his love of surfing and his interest in health and well-being and turned it into a 200-metre inland surf visitor experience. Along with 25 safari tents, a cafe, a surf shop and a children's play area, it just keeps expanding and it's set in the most beautiful countryside. I spoke to Nick about how he turned that dream into a reality and how he coped when it finally opened and the world went into lockdown. And how... He and his fellow founder, CEO Craig Stoddart, navigated the last three very difficult years that included Nick's losing his ability to speak through a stroke. Absolutely awful. But it is now a thriving business receiving up to 175,000 visitors per year. Hear his exciting plans for taking the whole thing off grid with solar power and how he is taking the wave to the people of London with a brand new site. It just goes to show, if you believe in something passionately, you can make it happen. Enjoy the episode. Nick, you are founder and chief visionary officer. Um, Thank you so much for for your time today. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's great to have you here. Um, Before I talk about kind of where you've come from, because I remember talking to you about 10 years ago about the wave, and I'm talking to you now and you're sat at the wave, (laughs) and sadly we're on Zoom, but you know, I just can't believe that you've brought this vision to life and we can go back through that. But congratulations, because that was about yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, 10, yeah, at least. And yeah, I'm still pinching pinching myself to the day. So, yeah. <sighs> Fantastic. Well, look, for anybody who's not been to the wave before, can you just give us an overview of what, what, it, what have you got there? So imagine a beautiful piece of countryside and taking a slice of the ocean and putting it in the middle of that countryside. So it's perfect waves rolling down uh, a beautiful lake. Uh, It's about five, six times the size of a swimming pool, Um, but beautiful crystal blue waves uh, rolling down a lake in the middle of, um, well, in the outskirts of Bristol. That's basically what there is here and what I'm looking at right now. Um, And then we've got a really nice sort of wooden, sustainable um, built building. to be able to support all the people who are um, 
not just surfers, but people who are visiting here for, um, to just come and watch and uh, do other activities. And then some really nice grounds around us to, um, yeah, to make the whole, to sort of blend in that um, nature and something very man-made. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking at right now. It is such a beautiful place. I came probably not long after you'd first opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, you know, you opened as the pandemic hit, which is, we'll, we'll talk about, which is just awful. But I do, I remember coming along just to have a look with my son, yeah. who's now 11. And we just wandered around and, and just had a look at, at what it was all about. And, and I came back recently and actually participated. I did a <laughs> lesson and right. I came with my, my family and my friend and it was just hilarious and we absolutely loved it. But I couldn't, believe how much it's progressed you've got the most beautiful cafe serving gorgeous food there was the most fantastic children's play area wooden Mm -hmm. beautiful which my children loved great and they also loved the skateboards and the the scooters yeah they absolutely loved it so you've got accommodation there haven't you yeah we've got a campsite so the safari tents uh 25 safari tents that um house up to eight people each uh which yeah really really popular um so it's just being able to extend that sort of um being outdoors in nature sort of sense of adventure whilst tying that in with obviously surfing and some good food so yeah it's a sort of place that you could be here for a few hours but also could be here for a few days wow yeah amazing well i came i was on an hour and a half lesson Mm-hmm. and so we had the on land kind of brilliant instructors really fun yeah and then we went into the water and you know I'm knocking on 50 now so it was a bit like oh my god how am I going to do this but it was so good because I was able to get up because I brilliant. bodyboard and I yeah. can also um well it's been a while but I can um snowboard yeah. and I I don't know whether that helped maybe the fact yeah. that I got a smaller center of gravity because I'm five foot four but um what well, it was so consistent the waves are just perfect for learning to surf yeah you know, it just creates a very controlled atmosphere um and uh yeah and very very safe so it takes a lot of the fear out of it um and it's still you know it's still quite hard standing up on a surfboard and it's a skill to learn um but ultimately it's also about having fun um so there, there has been sort of over over time a real focus around surfing, but actually it's just about having fun. Doesn't matter if you're bodyboarding or just just doesn't matter. It's just uh, we always say the you know best surfer out there is the one having the most fun, and that's absolutely true here. Ah, well, it was just a joy to be there because it's such a beautiful place. Yeah. But, I mean, tell me how many what what are your visitor numbers looking like? What what kind of it may because I know that is a quality experience rather than a quantity. Uh, mm-hmm. But but tell me a little bit about your visitors. Who's coming? Um, yeah, so we sort of on average somewhere between sort of 100, 150, 175,000 um, uh, visitors uh, coming in. Wow. Um, a real range of people. Um, I, I'd say sort of a third of a third of our visitors. If you're looking purely at um, people using the lakes, probably about a third of the people are sort of advanced or expert surfers. A third are sort of somewhere in between you know intermediates and then uh, about third are our visitors um and then yeah a decent number of people just coming to have a look just find out what it's about um and using the place just like you would if you wanted to go down to Clevedon Pier or Western Supermare Pier and go and have a walk along and you know have a bite to eat um so quite a few visitors just coming to to watch and um see what it's all about 
it's just the nicest place to hang out. Yeah, it's it's a good vibe. It's a really good vibe. Yeah, it's really good. So, um, how does the? I mean, we've had a fantastic summer. Uh, mm. The last summer has been fantastic. So, how does that affect you? Um, well, we've definitely been really, really busy. I mean, summertime. Um, you know, we are very, very busy. Um, and we were really busy last year because uh, everybody had just come out of lockdown, but also people weren't still going away. Um, so uh, lots of visitors, lots of surfers, uh, campsite, absolutely chock-a-block. Uh, and this year, um, loads of surfers, loads of visitors, um, probably a little bit less um, people staying because I think people this year have gone away um, for the first time. Um, but um, but still really great numbers of, of visitors. And you know the weather's been obviously incredible pretty much throughout the whole summer. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's been really, really busy last year, very busy this year. Um, but we still don't know what a, what a, like a, a normal year is like, um, because no. each year has been, uh, very, very different, but I, mm. I would imagine somewhere between how it was last year and how it is this year is probably, uh, uh, probably what we should be expecting as a, as a standard, standard, uh, year really. Mm, well, it was very busy when I came and there were just, there were waves, forgive the pun, of people coming through having lessons. I couldn't believe it. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it was brilliant, brilliant to see. So tell me, um, I've done a bit of research on you and mm -hmm. are you an osteopath by trade? Yeah. So I was originally an osteopath for uh, 18 years. So, um, so yeah, being very, very wrapped up in sort of healthcare, looking after people's well-being um from anyone from you know people who've got sort of you know bad shoulders legs backs all that kind of stuff but also used to um work with sort of terminal ill kids uh, a lot of people also um uh elderly people so yeah a real a real mixture so you've now got as i understand it you've got a 25 million pound visitor attraction that you founded how yeah. does an osteopath go from that to you know to to this um, I would say, yeah, it's definitely a visitor attraction, but I'd probably still say I'm working in the health and wellbeing sector. So it's still, you know, the whole reason for, for building this whole place was a real, um, uh, drive to see a positive change in people's health and wellbeing and a real connection to outdoors and nature and how, um, being able to bring blue health, what we call blue health, um, to, to people who don't have access to it. Um, that was always the driver. So yeah, it has obviously become a visitor attraction as well. Um, but ultimately, this is a huge nod to a health and well-being agenda that has always been, um, I've been passionate about. And the fact that I was then be able to bring together a visitor economy, bringing in a sports, um, a sport that I absolutely love and been surfing for 45 years was the perfect way of me being able to bring together all of my passions and see it, see it brought about. Um, and so in terms of how you make it happen, it's very clear in my eyes is having been absolutely passionate about the purpose as to why you build it. Um, and that then overrides any kind of obstacles along the way, even, even the trickiest times. It just becomes so ingrained in me of what that North Star should be to build this place um, that it was never, it was never not going to happen. Um, it was just waiting for everyone else to catch up with the, uh, with the idea. I, you know, I, I get that because I remember talking to you back in the day when it was just a vision 
and really trying to get my head around what you were talking about. <laughs> and, and where did you get that from originally? You must have got it from somewhere. Where did you see it? Um, so right at the beginning, it was more a bit of, bit of daydreaming, really, starting to think about a, a place and a space which has got water, has got you know, beautiful gardens, get people outdoors, like educating people about the environment, but also their human health. Um, and then I started to look at places that have been really successful doing it. So places like the Eden Project, for instance, and Lost Gardens of Heligan and um, various other places which have done high visitor numbers uh, to really impart a, a crucial message around environment or human health. Um, and then and then one day, it's probably about six months after I was sort of um, plotting and scheming what this could all look like. Um, I, I, because I'm a massive surfer, I love my surfing. I, I just stumbled across the uh, a YouTube video of on that day there, there was released um, this brand new technology by a, a company called Wave Garden in uh, in the Basque Country in Spain. Um, he said oh, we we can now make perfect waves to surf inland, and that was like the complete eureka moment where I went, well, take all of my thinking around uh, outdoors and nature and fusing it all. And then put that right in the middle of that, something really out there, groundbreaking um, in terms of delivering technology, bringing a slice of ocean inland. Um, that feels like it's something that would be attractive, marketable, um, uh, and would be right at the heart of delivering that sort of blue health vision for, for the site. And yeah, that was, I guess that was the real eureka moment, uh, just seeing that, um, seeing that video right back at the beginning. Oh, I love that. I love that story. So, so you've got the vision and you've been, you, I can see your passion and hear your passion. I can see what you've done there. It's amazing. But how's the reality of running it? <laughs> in, I guess in, I guess in surfing, we call it gnarly. It's, 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 <laughs> it is, it's full on um, running it. Um, well, we've got, we've got brilliant people around, around us. So, um, you know, right from the start managed to, um, pull together an amazing team of you know absolutely passionate people who have also got the experience of first of all building something but then operating it um so it's about going out and finding passionate people who can deliver um and they're the people that allow me to sleep at night um because they're all over the health and safety making sure that it's a really good um uh environment um you know, for customers and also for all of our um, wave makers, all the people that work here. Um, so operation side of things, um, it's good because because we've got great people. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. And I mean, going back to when I said you opened, I mean, you let, let's let's just talk very quickly. <laughs> Twenty five million. How did you manage that? <laughs> <laughs> um, good work. <laughs> yeah. Um, On that vision. Yeah, it's, it is around a very, very clear vision and very clear purpose of um, not just why it could make business sense, but also why in terms of the, the wider vision of trying to improve the real impact that you could create through um, making a place like this, how we could impact, you know, 150, 175,000 people's lives by creating something that just brings a smile to their face. Um so yeah, it needs to stack up and make business sense. But then on the other side, it needs to make moral sense uh, and and get buy-in from people who who believe that we could achieve it. Um, 
so we did you know we we um, myself and craig um the ceo we had to go around 230 plus investors over the course of two years wow. uh, and everyone said it's if you pull this out off this is going to be the most incredible place um but we can't invest in you because it's too risky but please if it works out can you come back to us and uh and we'll we'll do number two um so it did <laughs> so it did take Thanks a while to find some yeah exactly um but I, it's that's okay because what was good is that nobody said that we were too crazy well not to my face anyway um <laughs> nobody said it was a crazy idea uh, and that it wouldn't work it was more about risk and reward and it was just too early for them to take that risk but eventually we found somebody who was perfect match to us uh, and uh, were able to deliver the funding to be able to get it built wow and am i if i'm right you you were about to launch and then we went into lockdown yes yeah that was that was interesting gosh <laughs> yeah um so yeah we 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 launched in october 2019 so we did a a tough winter um uh which you know it gets pretty cold in the water so keeping everybody motivated and reminding them that yeah spring and summer's around the corner um but we you know our bookings were really good um particularly our spring and summer bookings were great um and then yeah in sort of obviously march that year we went into lockdown so we had to cancel all of our surfing all those bookings for that uh, spring and um spring and summer uh we lost all of that um and uh then it was more about uh, how do we survive how do we make sure that we you know the 300 um people that we're going to be employing have got jobs protect them um and making sure that we're ready to turn it around as soon as the the pandemic uh, is over so mm -hmm. yeah that was that was that was again tough times um and personally it was the same time i had a had a massive stroke so um that was that, that added a, an even even bigger jeopardy because i wasn't there to particularly help the team um luckily wow. uh, again craig and and uh the other team stepped up and uh and, and helped whilst i was away wow i hear you were quite ill with that and you've yeah, made a remarkable great. recovery yeah yeah i lost all ability to speak so the fact that i'm on a podcast with you right now is pretty cool wow nick that's amazing i'm sorry to hear that but right. wow what a journey you've been on yeah puts ah. perspective gives you yeah. perspective doesn't it? yeah yeah. Oh, well, um, wow. What can I say? I think just thinking about what you were saying there about wanting to be inclusive and you've obviously got ideas around how you want this to be for everybody. It's not a cheap experience. Understandably, no. you've got some bills to pay. <laughs> how do you marry that up with wanting to do the right thing, give people access, but also having to pay the bills? Yeah. So, you know, particularly if you're looking at, um, you know, the energy costs at the moment, uh, it's very, it's very expensive to run the place. Um, so, you know, and, and we can't just pass that straight on to customers because then we'll get to a position where people just can't afford to come because everybody's, everybody's under the same posh as us, really. So then it's, it is about making sure that it is as affordable as we can reasonably keep it. Um, making sure that people understand yes this is a fun activity um and yes you could be looking at it as uh you know not being essential but actually a lot of people who come here it is essential it's essential for their well-being um and their ability to 
stay fit and well through what could be some tricky times ahead of us. Um, and then in terms of making sure it's accessible, um, there's different different levels of accessibility. One could be a cultural barrier, making sure that other people who normally wouldn't think that they would want to do something like this feel like this is a place for them. And then I guess the the, the big one is around financially. Um, so what we've been doing over the last couple of years is teaming up with um, partners, um, foundations who will support um, bringing people here at a, I guess, like a discounted rate or sort of almost like a bursary rate so that we can, um, we allow people to come here um, at a reduced rate and fund match that with foundations so that actually we can still reach out to the people who would really, really deserve this um, and would really, um, you know, that it'd be great for them to use it. Uh, I've always said since day one, if this becomes a middle-class white playground, I will feel like I've failed. And so the team, this is very much bolted into a vision. Uh, that's our investors have signed up to it. Uh, the whole team have signed up to that. So what we're trying to do is balance, um, you know, the obviously selling the surf slots. If we're purely looking at it from the surfing point of view, selling the surf slots, but there's always there's always some spare capacity. And if we can use that spare capacity to bring people in who wouldn't normally uh, have use, then um, uh, that's perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a nice, a good vision to have. Yeah. Let's take a short pause there and have what I'm calling a marketing moment. The big question on everyone's lips is how on earth are we going to attract spending customers with this cost of living crisis? We're going into a difficult time if we're not already in it. We're in a phase where customers are tightening their belts and therefore becoming much, much more considered about how they spend their leisure time. Value is going to be key. But value doesn't necessarily mean discounting. Sometimes the quick fix is to discount. And yes, you can add a discount through your marketing channel or affiliate for a short time, but we all know this isn't a long-term strategy. I'm no economist, but we all know that when a business focuses too much on discounting, they can end up completely devaluing what they offer over the medium term. And before long, they can no longer pay the bills. The issue is that we live in a culture where people are continually looking for discounts and we'll wait until the next one comes up. So so what do we do? If we fall into that trap of discounting regularly, it becomes expected. So who will ever pay the full price? So just take a moment to think about those businesses that don't discount and why. Because they tend to have a strong brand. An organisation that has a strong brand has a strong image and personality. It stands for something and is quite distinctive. You can feel its brand values in how it presents itself and its ethics, how it does business. And it delivers all of that consistently through its staff and its communications. And it's not just in the short term, but even through the hard times. And it never loses sight of who it is. If your organisation has a strong brand, then you will have customers that align themselves with your values. And therefore, they'll be less price orientated and less likely to be disloyal because you offer them so much more than a cheap experience. Does that make sense? So before you begin discounting, have you stopped to ask yourself recently what your brand looks like, your values, your ethics, your cause? How are you different? And how is this reflected in your organization's culture 
And most importantly, what value do you give in your customer's eyes? Are you doing enough around this in your marketing via your staff and through your business? If you don't know, you can work this through with someone like me or a specialist branding agency, or you can even Google it. How to create a brand proposition. Times are about to get a whole lot tougher. So before you jump straight into that discount code, just take a step back and review the future impact. Create a long-term strategy that can be sustained. If you've got any thoughts around this topic, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a note or check out the post on LinkedIn or Instagram. Be great to hear from you. So what's coming up for you? Um, I've heard that you're talking about new locations, if not have already got them in the pipeline. What's happening? Yeah, so we've got... Um, we've got um... Uh, a really nice site in North London uh, that we've been working on for a while now uh, in the Lee Valley. Um, so Northeast London, which is great. We're looking at a few different sites um, uh, around the UK to be able to do this more. Um, I think now we've sort of bolted down a really um, decent sort of operating model and business model that we, and one that also is providing that impact, the um um, you know the purpose as well as the profits. Um, we think that we could really roll this out into different locations where where there's a need for it. Um, so that's what's going on at the moment. We know it's going to be quite tricky times over the next couple of years, probably from an um, economic perspective. Um, but however, we want to be you know a right real leading light um, as people come out of their shells through uh, um, through what's potentially a recession to then go. We've got something here that you will all enjoy uh, once they're able to uh, to start to utilize it. So it's going to probably be about three or four years in the making, um, which is much quicker than the 10 years it took me to do this. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, we've got an amazing team that's uh, around us now and uh, willing partners to, to make it happen. So, yeah, oh, future's bright. And how about your the the Bristol location? Are you Have you got kind of things that are happening there or have you you know what's happening yeah so um we're going to continue reinvest in 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 our place uh still a lot of landscape stuff that we wanted to do um we're putting in next uh by next may we should have a complete solar array um so that we can power all of our waves on site um through solar power um, which means that um obviously with the energy crisis going on at the moment there's there's no better time to be doing it but we were we were committed to doing it anyway mm-hmm. um but that 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 would be amazing um one in terms of making sure that uh um you know we're doing the right thing in terms of environmentally but also it's like great message you will have people um turning up and walking right past the solar the solar fields that will be producing the waves that they'll be able to ride um which i just think is just the most beautiful narrative um and um, yeah, we're always looking at sort of other things that we could um, put in to just extend the dwell time, improve the experience, um, uh, and yeah, make it a place much more than just a few hours stay, but actually somewhere that you could stay for a couple of days. Um, so yeah, really build that community, which through through COVID was really hard to build a community of anyone. Um, but now I think we're we're in a good place to be able to do that. Mm, oh that's amazing well I could really when I came down there I could really see that like starting to happen I could see that community existing I felt like I was on the coast in some surf destination yeah 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 really good really good oh so and and for yourself I mean do you still kind of practice do you ever have do you do any of your treatments anymore for anyone 
No, I don't know. I, 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 I had to give that up about um, eight years ago. So yeah, when we got when we got our first um, seed investment into the business, you know, I had to show that I was one hundred percent committed. Yeah. Um, so I had to uh, come off the register as uh, as an osteopath and hundred um, percent throw myself into getting the wave built um, yeah, and prove prove commitment to the cause. So um, and since then, I mean, it, as I said earlier. It, I still feel like I'm working in healthcare, but it's just um, it's just just slightly different. Oh, brilliant! And what do you do when you're not? Uh, how, how often do you go surfing there? Um, not so much just recently, um, but normally I try and get in at least two or three times a week. Um, uh, but as long as I'm in or around water, could be fishing, could be surfing, could be boating, whatever it might be. Uh, as long as I'm around water, that's my my happy place and and the place that. Uh, I feel, I feel, you know, the best version of myself. So yeah, that's, 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 that's what I do. And I love, I love being, love being here. Um, so quite often at the weekends, I'm here with my family and friends and, uh, and enjoying the space that we've created. Oh, lovely. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Nick. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, how, how best to contact you? Uh, probably just, um, just DM me through uh, um, Instagram or Twitter. I'm at uh, at WaveMaker Nick. Um, it's dead easy, uh, and um, yeah, happy to talk to anybody. Oh, brilliant! Well, thank you so much, and um, I look forward to seeing how it develops and and the news for your North London site. Brilliant! Thank you very much. All right, cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode please make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen. And whilst you're at it, if you've found value in what I'm sharing, I'd really appreciate a review. Or just simply tell a friend about the show. That would really help me too. You know how important TripAdvisor is, right? Well, reviews are the same for this podcast. If you want to check out what I do and some of the projects I've worked on, you can also find me at kellyballard.co.uk. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in two weeks.